right, three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome into the Unique Complexion, a podcast where a mom and her son talk about things that just matter the most. I'm DJ with a fresh face and a fresher perspective, and this is my mom, the unique Tanya Lee. Bueno, bueno, bueno. Um, my name is Tanya Lee, and I'm coming in um, as a parent, a mother, um, and a, in the 50s age range. So I'm bringing in that perspective, as well as my life experiences uh, and lessons and my psychic abilities into the perception as well. Yeah. And join us as we share our stories and our insights and also our opinions, whether we agree or disagree, this will be a relatable format. And I hope you guys can listen critically and I hope you guys can engage with empathy and reason. And thank you all so much for tuning in. All yes, right. Thank you for being here. All right. So we did it. We are making a podcast. Man. Yes. Ain't that something? I know. We've been after this for a while. I've been trying <laughs> to get you to it's like, come on, baby, let's do it. <laughs> um, and you know what? I think the best thing we should start with is a little introduction. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with mine. Uh, I'm DJ. I'm a, the teenager, of course, in the relationship. Uh, I like to play video games. I like to kind of be social. I work a lot. I'm a, actually a part-timer. I'm also homeschooled as well. And I kind of I kind of just like... First of all, I like my room. You can kind of tell with how it's decorated. I got even Christmas lights. I'm a huge, huge light fanatic. I mean, if you see our car, ooh. <laughs> and I really, I really think I can connect with the teenage whole scheme because I've kind of experienced almost a not everything, but I kind of would say in that range, whether it was grief or heartbreak or even anger or hatred, I've had every feeling, I believe, at least once. And I think I can engage with any of the teenagers listening right now. And just to clarify, I want this set out just so that way people can kind of understand how I speak. Um, It's kind of weird. I like to say uh or um a lot. I don't even notice I say it a lot, and I also kind of, it's not a stutter problem, but it's like my brain moves before I talk, so I'll be talking, and then my brain can't even process it yet, <laughs> so I have to stop myself midway, so I just want to clarify that uh, in case anybody's confused if I ever talk like this in the podcast, that's just to let y'all know, and then how about you? Let's go ahead and introduce my mom. Okay, um, well, I work full-time from home, and DJ mentioned that he is homeschooled, so we have that going on. We both um, work uh, and do a community meal once a week at a church that we've been at, um, not as members, but as uh, part of the team, serving that community meal for years, and uh, I'm a widow now. I've, um, I've experienced a lot of grief. I have a very wild, crazy story. Um, so I have a very big, uh, broad perspective of things. Um, I had a very abusive childhood to the point where I was homeless at 10, first apartment, first car and everything at 13 and two jobs. So I've got a wide, uh, a wide range of experience and perceptions. Um, I work full-time on my business. I'm a psychic medium. I like to help people deal with their grief and, and start to live again and get them past, you know, through that period. I like to um, help. I connect with angels and I help uh, guide people to themselves because all our answers really lie within ourselves. So I really work on building people up and getting them uh, back to the right self-esteem and self-love so that way that they are more confident and living a much more productive life because we all came here to learn love and grow um i do a lot of things on my social media i'm everywhere on my social media and i have um, a vip club that you know is a really close-knit uh bit of followers that i work a lot one-on-one -on -one with and then i also have my mentorship program and I book readings um, and I do live events uh, every other month. I'm doing an event where I set up and, you know, 
work that as well. And I do a little side, um, what is that called? Um, graphic designs for a couple people. I do it for um, yep. a couple groups and um, I also do it for people on their business page. So I do a lot of uh, memes and artwork and things of that nature. I love it. I love mm. technology. I'm really into it. <laughs> um, and I'm writing a book. Yeah. So, Man, that's going to be a good book, ain't it? Yeah, it is. It's going to um, be in four parts. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in again. That is our introduction. And I kind of want to talk about why we kind of started this. I mean, there's so many reasons that could be accounted in. There's people that kind of started just for fun. Some people that have a mission. Some people just for jokes. Whatever anybody else's reasons are. Our mission is to kind of show the mother and son dad or daughter parent and teenager relationship whether it's a close apart or in the middle relationship we want to be able to talk about the uncomfortable to make it comfortable and yeah. yes <laughs> and i love uh, that I... <laughs> and how about we kind of is there any way you can kind of go into detail about being a psychic i mean i'm sure some people have some questions about that yeah and by all means, if you all have any kind of questions or feedback on anything that we talk about, please, we encourage it. We need it. We desire it. Not only will it help us understand you, but it also will help, you know, us do a better service to you. Yep. A, a psychic. Um, well, it's definitely not anything I thought I would ever be doing. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I kind of always knew I had a good connection with Jesus, you know, I mean, I always felt like, you know, God had something on my side, um, just because of different things that happened and things that I survived that I shouldn't have. Um, and the many times that I, I, I've had multiple surgeries and I've flatlined every single time, except for this last one. So, um, you know, I, I've dealt with that throughout my life. Um, I became a psychic, out of determination, uh, my mother had died, and then I got sick and had a bunch of surgeries and had things happen during that time frame that I couldn't really understand, and just kind of pushed it off as it was just the medication, right? All the drugs, um, because of I had a massive surgery. Um, a piece of my colon had broken off, and I was in ICU, and I had a big. It was a long story, but anyway. Uh, and then I got better, and then my husband got sick, and in four months, I uh, had to put him in hospice, and he passed away. He was 32. And then five months later, my brother was found dead in his apartment, and I had I identified him after he'd been dead for over a couple weeks. So I had, like, um, death just right in my face. Uh, because with my husband, I was there when he was cremated. I turned on the machine. I, I stayed with him through the whole process. And then with my brother, uh, with my mother, I wasn't able to because I was getting ready. And that's when I ended up in the hospital and all that happened to me. So um, things started happening around the house. Um, I was find, finding piles of feathers in different places. And uh, I couldn't really explain it because there wasn't a cart, you know, there wasn't a dead bird there. It was just a pile of feathers. And, um, you know, those covers for the microwave to put over your plate so it doesn't splatter. It was something silly. I, I would always get onto my husband because he would use it, but he would leave it out. He would never put it back in the microwave once he was done. And so... Um, I was like, and I'd always tell him, well, I should put that back in the microwave. And I was walking by the microwave and that thing was out. And I'll be damned if I didn't open up that microwave and there was a big feather inside. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And then the next day there was a feather on top of my keyboard. So I was really freaked out. And then DJ comes to me and he's all excited. Yeah. He says, mom, I can... I can talk to dad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and 
and he climbed, he was climbing up in the tree. Mind you, he had just turned 10 when his father passed, just turned 10. And he climbed up the tree and he said he could talk to his dad up there. And I was like, oh, shit. We've really got, <laughs> you know, we really got something going on here. You Damn. Know? So, <laughs> so I started doing some research and, um, I started joining groups and reaching out to psychics and um, I was getting scammed left and right. Um, there was a few that were good that could connect to my mom and my brother and th those readings made sense, but I couldn't get it for my husband. I just couldn't get that connection. So I became very frustrated and decided that I would just learn and do it myself. And so I spent quite a bit of time. I took some classes uh, to learn uh, the psychology behind it. Um, I, you know, I, I'm almost finished with my bachelor's in business psychology. Woo! So I started, yeah. So I started really diving in and learning and um, got a couple mentors. I actually had three at the time and uh, they were teaching me different aspects and I just opened. And before I know it, it was like, I'm going to get a deck of cards just for me. I'm just going to get a couple crystals just for me. <laughs> I'm just going to do this just for me. And man, it just opened up. And when I, I'll never forget, there was this lady, she had lost her husband too. And I was able to connect for her and the joy that it brought her and her daughter, because I did it for both of them. And I mean, that just felt so good to be able to be that conduit to be able to, you know, send that message because you just have to say whatever. And so I just kept growing and learning and learning different things. And, um, you know, my clairs were opening up and, you know, all the clairs, but touch was open until like, I think that was like two years ago that that one opened up. And it's, you know, it's been a very interesting uh, adventure. Um, I've learned a lot. I've done a lot of astral traveling with my husband. And, I, uh, you know, a lot of, I've learned who my spiritual team is. I, I look at life totally, totally different. And um, I have a deeper appreciation for life, not just because of the grief, but because of the spirit connection. Because once you really understand that life is not, I mean, we don't really die, that our energy stays going. There's a sense of relief there. Yeah. At least it was for me. And it really helped me pull me through because I was at a very suicidal state. I was, I was losing it. Um, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do nothing. I, I, I didn't want to shower. I didn't want to do nothing. I just wanted to keep the covers over my head. Um, I kept seeing my husband. I kept seeing my brother. Boom, boom, boom. That's all I could see for a little while. And, um, but I believe in my heart and from what I've been connected to and what I've been told that that was a push for me to open up so I would pull myself out of the pit. So I spend time helping people come out of that pit because I know what it feels like to be in that pit. I know what it feels like to just when they give up and to be able to have the ability to help people come out of that is the best thing in the world to light the light in somebody's eyes and have them love life again. is just, that's why I do what I do. Not because I can do all this, you know, people have this idea that psychics are fortune tellers and some try to be, those are all fake. Um, <laughs> you know, Call that's not what, yeah, I mean, they are, because that's not what we're supposed to do. There's a code of ethics when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, just because you see people do it doesn't mean that, just like you see people break the law, doesn't mean that that's right, right? Yep. There's universal laws that, you know, you must follow and have some respect for the spiritual realm, you know, and, and understand that there is a hierarchy and that um, God is an unconditional love that is ahead of it all. And, um, you know, that can go down a whole rabbit hole. But my point is that, you know, this, when you have the, these abilities, they should be used for good. Do I get paid? Yeah. Sometimes. 
but not all the time. I try to keep it in balance. I give a lot of way, a lot of things away, and I also get paid. Um, it should be a give and take. So um, that's why I do what I do. Um, and then I've been able, I've seen, you know, all my life experiences, how now they come into play to help others, where for years I didn't understand you know, because if you really knew my story, the details of my story, it's like, what in the world? Why? And but now I can un- understand um, and I wouldn't change any of it. It wasn't all fun, but it got me to where I am today. And I'm very, very happy where I am today. I'm very content where I am today. Even if I was to die tonight, I am OK. I am happy where I am in life. Do I have everything I want? Do I have all my bills paid? Do I have this? Do I have that? No, I'm still struggling, but I know the struggle is ending. So it doesn't bother me to struggle, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Man, and as y'all can tell, that's a huge thing right there. (laughs) Um, I know. I was like, are you sure you want me to (laughs) share? Um, and just to clarify, you know, this isn't going to be just a full-on spiritual podcast. I want a lot of people to yeah. know that because we're just bringing this up now so y'all can understand what her perspective is going to kind of partly be based off of because of what she does. And that doesn't mean this whole podcast, oh, this is a whole spiritual thing. No, it's 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 about a mother and a son, a parent and a teenager relationship. And I want everybody to kind of understand that. Just so there's no miscommunication or misunderstanding. Um, exactly. And, and while we're at it, um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of explain what the podcast is going to look like, what our format is, just so people can understand. This isn't going to be how it is every episode. What we plan on doing is first we're going to have a current topic, whether it involves you know this or that, whatever it is. As long as it's current, we're going to bring it up. And then after that, we're going to talk about relationship just as a whole you know of partner whether it's a mother and son whether it's a dad and his son a mom and a son the whole parent and teacher uh parent and student realm as y'all can see see that's kind of how it is sometimes (laughs) um whether it's things that parents don't like talking about or teenagers don't like talking about we're gonna talk about it remember because our mission is to make the uncomfortable comfortable and then after that, this is actually how we're gonna end this episode as well. Is we're gonna do, call, we're gonna do questionnaires. You know, whether it's whether it's deep ethical ethical questions or it's just a little lighthearted ethical questions. In the end, it's gonna be ethical questions that we're gonna talk about, and we're actually gonna have a format where one of us picks it and the other person doesn't know, while the other person. Pick something the other one doesn't know. So it's going to be a huge little, ooh, ah, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fun. purpose the purpose of this is to, like DJ said, talk, you know, make the uncomfortable comfortable, but also to, to bring about connection. The more that we talk about subjects and we get to – the heart of something we we are able to to see things from an eagle's perspective we're able to see the broader picture and when you can see the broader picture then um you can you can be relieved there's not so much stress and and um yep. fear you know because right now there's a lot of topics especially the way society is now that if you talk about it, oh my God, you know, should we talk about that? You know, this makes me uncomfortable. And we're living in a society where people don't feel uncomfortable. I mean, people won't allow themselves to be uncomfortable and being uncomfortable is okay. You know, every emotion is okay. And that's one thing that we want to try to get across. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. There's not an emotion that you have that's not okay. It's what we do with that emotion. It's how we express that emotion is what matters. Um, And try to break that stereotype of, you know, 
uh, you shouldn't feel this way or you shouldn't have that opinion because everybody yeah. has a right right to their opinion and how they see things. And just because, um, you know, just because you don't agree doesn't mean that that other person's wrong. And the more that we can engage in conversation and different topics, the more we get into the habit of doing that and we can take that behavior and apply it in our daily life. Yep. Very, very true. <laughs> and, you know, while we're on this topic, how about we go ahead and start with some of the questions? All right, let's go. All right. So what you got for me? All right. So how we're going to do this is I'm going to ask you the question. You're going to go ahead and answer and then I'll answer afterwards. Okay. So our first question is going to be, what life lesson did you have to learn the hard way? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. I told y'all this is going to um, be a, ooh, man. <laughs> you know, and so I'm, I'm never going to tell my, my whole age, but I am 50-something. So that's a long time, uh, and I've learned a lot of lessons. I think if I was to take it down to one, it's really... All the hard lessons stem, not all of them, but most of them all stem from worrying about what other people think of me. I think that is the hardest lesson that I've learned of how that's not so important. You know what I mean? And how that keeps you trapped and not be able to do things that you truly feel in your heart and your soul that you that you're meant to do um it causes you to conform and be somebody that you're not it causes you to dislike yourself because you're not being true to yourself and if you dislike yourself you can't love yourself and if you can't love yourself you can't really love other people unconditionally either so it, it, it's a big I mean, I know people just say, oh, don't worry about what others think, but it's really one of the biggest important things that I had to learn the hard way of yeah. just, now, when you say that, it's not that I don't care what, you know, the people close to me feel, because that would be arrogant of me to, yeah. to be like that. That's not how I mean it. Um, if you're close to me and... Um, I will care how you, how I make you feel and what you think of me, but I'm not going to care and change my behavior um, for Just, strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, and the pressure and, oh, you should do it like this, or you should look like this, or you should be like that. Uh, I won't do that. And even with family, if they, uh, you know, I have to have boundaries, period. Yeah. And, you know, if they're not, if they want me to conform and not meet me to be myself, as long as I'm not hurting anybody or being cruel to anybody, but yet they still want me to conform and not be this or be that, um, I don't care what they think at that point. Yeah. They've lost that connection of me caring what they think. Because if you truly love someone and, and you want to support them, then you want them to be who they are and who they're meant to be. As long as they're doing it from a place of love. Yeah. I mean, you need to make that very clear. You can't be an arrogant asshole. And, um, <laughs> you know, this applies to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm just doing it. Yeah. You know, because some people are like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm, I'm talking about the freedom of expression in a loving, passionate way, everybody should be able to do without judgment. And when you take that judgment and you internalize it, you end up becoming somebody that you despise. Yeah. And that will affect every every decision throughout your lifetime. Man, what an answer. And you know what? It kind of kind of clicks a little bit with my answer. The thing that was a lesson I had to learn the hardest way was, 
you got to put yourself first. I mean, you can't, you really have to. I, um, I unfortunately had experienced my first heartbreak a while back. And, you know, the issue wasn't that I got my heart broken. The issue was that I put myself below this person so much, it changed my whole life. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a long relationship. I was, but the issue was ever since the very beginning, I put myself underneath them. Their feelings mattered more than mine. Their opinion mattered more than mine. And, you know, that's, it's, it's doomed to fail if you put somebody else's, whether it is a friend, a spouse, even, even a family member. I mean, there is situational times you know, you, hey, sometimes you have to, you know, not talk and let the person speak. That's putting them over you, but that's not that type of case. This is about yourself as a whole that I'm talking about. You know, when, when I first experienced this, you know, I was so attached, you know, it was hard for me to get up. You know, I was checking my phone all the time. Nothing was fun. I didn't want to eat, you know, because I only kept to myself up to speed for that person. I made myself look good only for them. So for a couple months, you know, I was, you know, this very well, I was kind of just laying down, man, I, I'm going to admit, you know, I wasn't keeping up with my hygiene. It was hard for me to shower. It was hard for me to brush my teeth. It was hard for me to even to wear different clothes. You know, I would just wear the same clothes over and over. Cause you know, I just, I just couldn't care about myself that much. And and for a while, even when I was talking to people, even people I was interested in as a couple, you know, it just, I would just compare them to that person. And that's, and that's still me putting that person over myself because I'm, even though they're not in my life no more, I still put them above me. And that's, that was a hard lesson to kind of get out from because it, it really did take me a couple, I think about half a year to kind of let it out, you know. Nowadays, you know, I can I can talk about what happened without, you know, afterwards being like, man, you know, I can actually talk about it and not feel uncomfortable and not feel hurt by this person because they have no control over me anymore. I put myself first. And when I'm bringing myself first, I'm not talking about, man, if they get hurt by it, sing, by a thing I say, even though I knew it was going to hurt, oh, well, so what? That's not what I mean. I mean, you know, if somebody's about to hurt me, I'm just, you know, okay, I'm going to back off. I'm going to give myself space because I'm not going to ruin my mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health just so you can feel better. And I want everybody to realize, you know, even if you have to experience a little bit of it, you know, you got to learn that you got to make sure you prioritize yourself whether it's just a little five minute nap whether it's you in a bath whether it's you going on a walk whatever it is just make sure you're doing what you truly want to do and yeah. whether it's a friend spouse or a family member if you need space or you need to kind of talk about it talk about it communication is like the world's key and answer to everything i mean it really is if we were able to truly talk and kind of say our opinions without anything happening or us being able to finally find an answer because we're truly listening there's a lot of things we could fix it really can and yeah that's that was my lesson um yeah. also by the way we have we do have a little special guest that will pop off pop up not all the time but probably like a couple of seconds and it's this little cat down here so I want to let y'all know this is our cat Marcy. If you see her walking around my bed, that's her. Uh, she is about almost. She's almost a year old, and yeah, she's not a little baby no more. Man, man, that she tries. She sure acts like one though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she's crazy. She's crazy. Oh, she is. She tears up my little carpet when I'm not in the room, and I gotta be like, hey, I'm right here, and then she'll stop. She, she is something. All right, and now for this next question. Man, should parents be able to monitor teenagers' social media accounts and the people they talk to? Or is that a breach of the teenager's privacy? Okay. Well, right out of the gate, it would there's many factors that that would depend on. First, we have to consider age. 
Okay, because age is a big factor. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, the relationship between the parent and the child. Um, I feel very sorry for parents that are using technology as a babysitter now. Mm -hmm. Because later they're not going to be able to use that as a bargaining chip with children you do have to do um a, a give and take because that's what the world is yeah um, the world isn't everything parents like to do well i'm superior i'm the parent and that's just the way it is but that's not how life is and i think that we have a job as a parent to teach our kids how life really is the good the bad and the ugly yeah. um and when it comes to social media and um i believe that parents should um should start out young with the expectation because if that's where it, you can't shove technology in a kid's face and it's just freedom and they're on it all the time and then try to monitor and then be a parent with it. You can't, you've got to lay that foundation uh, down from the get go yeah. and, and stick to that foundation, whatever your rules are going to be, you have to stick to that uh, whether or not it makes you uncomfortable or it puts you out. A lot of parents, don't follow through with consequences because they don't want to have to deal with something, right? Yeah. You know, well, if I take that tablet away, they're going to cry and throw a big old fit, and I don't want to deal with that, right? Yeah. Oh, well, let them throw their fit. Ignore the fit. You know, we have to be, we have to be above the child when it comes to things like that. We, we, can't, we can't react on the same frequency. Um, we have to show calmness because if we show calmness, we're going to eventually get them calm. Um, as I think parents should stay aware of what their children like and what they're into. You said this just a while ago, communication is key. Yeah. So this is not a flat yes, you know, yes or no answer because it all depends on the relationship with the child. Um, it really does. Um, because if you don't have a relationship with the child and then you try to be the, the judge on their social media and try to uh, learn, they're going to take it as an intrusion of privacy. Yeah. Because you haven't, you haven't really engaged with them up till now. Now you're just being nosy and you want to make decisions and tell them who they can see or they can't see or, you know, what they can look at and what they can't look at. But all this time you haven't said anything up to now. So yeah. I really think that it, it has to start young and the foundation has to be laid out. Um, I, um, Now, when DJ became into social media, we were kind of dealing with a lot of health issues. So um, he did. I did allow him to use that as a as an escape. Yeah. Um, and I would probably do that again. I don't really regret that decision. I really don't. Um, because it was a lot to handle at such a young age. And. Um, so I think that that kind of helped him not be so engulfed in everything. Um, Still kept a kid but being a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we're surrounded by this adult issues. There's adult issues every direction that you look at. So that, that was giving him a chance to be a child. Because there wasn't time to go out and do other things. You know, we didn't have time for that because we had all this, uh, you know, limitations, right? Um, I think that, you know, 
parents should lay down the ground rules of it. I mean, DJ knows. I mean, if he starts making Fs and he's just like screwing off school, what's going to happen, DJ, if you start doing that? Man, I'll tell you what. A lot of this stuff I have, first of all, I'm not going to have it. Second of all, I'm going to feel why I should be having passing grades. I'll tell you. <laughs> That's all we'll say. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, I will the, learn the my power, lesson. Yeah, the power <laughs> cords are going to disappear. Yeah. You know, uh, the the password to the Wi-Fi is going to change. Um, you know, but I don't. If you if you have a dialogue with your child, and you have trust with your child, and your child can communicate with you, then why do you have to snoop through their things? Yeah, that's mm. the way I feel. Um, them bombs. But if the child starts acting strange and kind of, you know, their demeanor totally changes and, you know, they get really dark and kind of really withdrawn and things like that, then, yeah, you do need to intrude because you need to see what's going on with your child because they're shutting down. Um, so I do believe that that is a good time to go intrude. I had that experience with one of my children. You know, I I went through some things to find out what, you know, where they were thinking because the behavior changed so much. Um, but had the behavior not changed, I would have never went and, and snooped or, you know, snoop's not really a good word, but I wouldn't have investigated them. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have gone in there and tried to, you know, find get information that I wasn't. Um, you, you have to. It's not just saying, hey, how was your day at school or how was your day at work? You know, give me it's more than that. Give me, you know, describe your day, you know, give me some examples, you know, have that dialogue, you know, you know, how's things going with this friend over here? Hey, let's let's listen to some of your music. What are you listening to? You know? And then, you know, there'll be times you say, okay, let's agree to disagree on that because I don't want to hear that one right there. <laughs> I don't want to hear that music, but, you know. Yeah, and we it, got that going. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's what it's about. It's not, yeah. I don't think that that's a, a, a cut and dry rule. I think that yeah. really parents need to, you know, build their relationship with their child and not use technology as a babysitter. Now, I know that there are times that technology is a good thing to use to preoccupy a child. Yeah. Okay. And I understand as a parent and a grandmother, because I have a grandson that is on uh, a tablet. I totally understand that, but we have to, we have to remember that children have to play with imagination. Yeah. And we have to keep, you know, there's a lot of things they can do on these on this stuff, but their own imagination cannot be replaced. Yeah. So playing games and make and, and telling, okay, you know what? You've done enough of the tablet now. Let's let's go play with some toys. Oh well, this isn't no fun. Okay, and just let them sit in that. And pretty <laughs> soon, you know, I uh, I have to share this, okay? Because my grandson, he had his tablet. I said, okay, I'll tell you what, you can play with it for the next hour and then after that you're gonna have to play with toys and um so the hour was up he didn't want to play with toys and i was talking to my friend and we were you know doing our little thing that we do Uh, i do a lot of live chats with people and uh it was a really close friend of mine and we were talking i said i'll give him till 4 30 and i bet you he starts playing with toys so he comes in here and he's just like I said, you know, just making himself really, you know, known that he's bored, right? I said, oh, hey, <sighs> what's wrong? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Are you okay? I don't know. There's nothing to do. I said, man, you got a lot of toys in there. Yeah. And I just ignored that behavior. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I acknowledged him, but I didn't acknowledge the behavior. Big difference. Yep. You acknowledge the individual, but not the behavior. Um, now, he didn't get out of line with this behavior. That would have been a different scenario. But he just kind of kept on. And then pretty soon, 
I, I was right, right, right at 4.30, boom, you can hear them in there playing with the toys. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you just have to kind of, you just have to handle it. Uh, each situation is unique and no parents do things the same. And there is no, right, there is no handbook to tell you what's right or wrong. Um, but I will say that if you don't have a deep relationship with your child, Whatever you do is going to be wrong. Wow. Yep. So, Man. what's your input? You know, with my perspective, I you know it's kind of like right in the middle because you know there there's there's definitely times that you know sometimes you got to make sure they're okay, and sometimes you should not even be involved in that. You know, there there it's such a it, it's just like how you said it's not a clear-cut answer it's like you know it's got to be this going on it's got to be that going on for me you know i feel like at a very young age you know i just feel like it's not comfortable to i feel like it's not safe to even let them have that type of especially social media you know i feel like they at a young age i feel like they shouldn't be anywhere close to that or even know that's a thing yet until they're later down the road and that's how it was for me i didn't know about instagram and all that till i was in until i was double digits and older you know i knew i knew it was a thing around i was 10 but i never went through to it until i got older because you know if i were how young i i was to see what it is now see what's all being posted and all that if i was six or five my life would be weird and different. And whether yep. that's a good thing or bad thing, that's not something I, I wanted, you know? And I'm very glad I didn't get that because being able to still keep that creative mindset really helped me become the person I am now. Because even now, I'll tell you what, people call it childish. I don't care. I still have that creative mind. Uh, or every time we go to a little church to do the meat cut community meals, I do the dishes and I have time to kind of do my thing because there's no dishes yet. And so we they have a little basketball court and I like pretending I'm in a game. It's the final, you know, game to win. You know, I still have that creative mindset because, you know, that makes it fun. It's not, all right, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to I'm just going to work until I can't do it no more until i collapse no that's not the right mindset because remember we're we all still have a little bit of child still in us and we need to embrace it and we need to show and have that fun mindset but the thing is is if you engulf yourself in social media and technology you know it kind of destroys it and yes technology is a really really useful thing but you know you can get yourself lost i remember when uh when I was going through depression, uh, man, I would, I mean, I would be on my phone right when I wake up to the, right before I close my eyes, you know, I needed technology to function and that's, that's just not what should be possible, you know? So I kind of believe that if parents start noticing, you know, teenagers and even, even children, if you let yourself have your, your child have that accessibility, give them uh, just if you start noticing that they're not, you know, doing their routine, they're more on their phones, they're more on the game, they're more, you know, on TV, you know, hey, what are you, what's going on? Why can we kind of tone it down a little bit? You know, talk, talk. Don't just take things. That's something we should also embrace. Don't just take things away. Don't be like, okay, that's enough. Give it to me. No, because then it just teaches the kid that that whole thing's bad. We, it's a good yeah. thing. But let's start, let's talk, hey, you know, I don't really, let's kind of tone it down a little bit. Let's kind of, let's go outside. Let's go on a walk for a little bit. You know, over, we have a little tennis court where we're at. And uh, sometimes I'll take my nephew and we'll just play tag and we'll play soccer, you know, get out of there for a little yeah. bit. And then when he's tired, he comes home and then we're relaxed. He'll play with his little plushies and I'll be, I'll be doing my thing, whether I get back on or I go eat or I go clean, whatever it is. We have that, you know, creativity still going. And also, it depends on also how the kid acts. Let's be honest. You know, there is kids that were such great <laughs> kids, and then they start turning really bad. You know, they start disrespecting the parents. 
you know they you know they don't sleep ever you know and sometimes it'll even uh for some kids you know they get depressed you know there is yeah. cyberbullying and there is real bullying there's heartbreak there's all types of things that you know teenagers and kids are going to have to experience some point in life and sometimes it's right at this age and we need to make sure we have a good relationship with both as the child and as the parent because you know, if I can, if I couldn't go to my mom and tell her, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hurt, you know, I, you know, I can't function, you know, I can, I can trust her, first of all, not to tell anybody, but also to respect and listen to me and make me feel important. Because when you're depressed, and you have some really dark thoughts, you don't feel important. You don't feel like you should be here. And you don't feel like, Things are good with you and being able to just even for a second feel important with my mom was such a big factor to get me out of there you know I feel like everybody should have that person and even if you can't click as that you know just at least have respect there you know if the per if if your child is going through something you know but they don't want to talk they just kind of they want there to be respect, you know, give that respect. If they want to talk, they will talk, but you need to make sure they feel comfortable with that. Don't make it feel forced. Don't make it feel like awkward. You know, man, you know, there's a person at school that's treating me bad, you know, and I really, but I really like them. And I just, I just don't know what I can do, you know? And sometimes even with the questions, I mean, we both do that. Both me and my mom will ask questions, but we don't want answers to it. But you will know once you kind of communicate with that person. So I yeah. kind of I kind of feel like it's only if necessary. If this, if your child is truly you know, starting to you know show signs of depression and really bad things, you know, first of all, t try to talk. Don't just go straight into their technology stuff. Because remember, we're trying to we're both working to get each other comfortable. We're it's not it's not the parent you know controlling the kid but it's also the kid trying to reason and be comfortable with the parent because it doesn't feel nice having a person over your shoulder 24 7 you yeah. know just like as, just like as parents don't like a boss watching over what they do 24 7 that's exactly how it works but except with parents and children it shouldn't feel like a boss and an employee it should feel if anything for little adult terms it should be an uh, employee and an employee you know respect and even some case friendship you know yeah and that's my take on it you know you know uh you mentioned something and i didn't i didn't, i should have mentioned this it's very important when you how you introduce technology to your child okay and the conversation having those conversations um like the cyberbullying and you know being honest with your child and and giving them the okay there are people out there that might be like this da, 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 yeah. and giving them kind of a heads up warning on that and you know making sure that you have that open door policy with your child you should have that open door policy um and it that open door policy should be at any time. And as a child grows, they will understand and they'll be a little bit more considerate of what time of day it is or whatever. But if your child is upset at three o'clock in the morning and they come to you, then you need to wake up and listen to them. Yeah. If it makes you tired the next day, that's just part of parenting. Okay, we don't just say, hey, what are you doing? I'm trying to sleep here. No, we go ahead and we wake up and we listen to that child. We give them the chance. And that, and when we do that, um, we show them that they are important, for one. And for two, um, we give them a, a way out of their thought process. Because when somebody comes at you about that time of day, then that's usually dark. Now, if they, they try to take advantage of it, that's a different thing. Uh, then you have to put up boundaries. But they're going to start being more considerate because they know you're making them feel important. So 
they're going to make you feel important too. You give what you get. You get what you give. You give what you get and you get what you give. So uh, I think that the foundation needs to be there. DJ was able to play around with YouTube when he was younger. He was into <laughs> the wrestlers and making his little videos and, and you know, and um, just, and, and I allowed it. It was harmful. It wasn't harming anything. He was playing with his, he was doing the wrestling and, you know, Still talking. On creativity. It. Yeah. Staying on creativity. He didn't get a phone. He actually didn't get into the phone until after his father passed away. Yeah. And that was like a year or so later. Yeah, I think I, I was think, around right? 12. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept my husband's number and he still got my husband's number. Um, but, you know, I just kept the line open. Um, I do feel that kids need to be about 12 or 13 before they get a phone just because they're in the double digits and they're going into, um, you know, teenage years but see that foundation has to be there because if they start getting cyber bullied or peer pressured or something and you don't have that foundation with your child that you should have started what are they going to do they're not going to come to you yeah. and that's where all the problems begin um, school is teacher of subjects not a behavior and i think that a lot of parents push off to teachers what they should be doing themselves the teachers are there to install uh subject matter and um obedience in a in a fashion form to me that's what teachers are they're not there to raise my child that's my job to raise my child. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of parents don't do that and they expect the school system to raise their child. Um, yeah. And that's not, you know, it's not what that causes, be yeah, it causes issues, you know. Um, and everything starts with a foundation. I think that's so important. And there, I, as a child that did not have a foundation, with any parent, um, you can always find someone to build a foundation with. There are there are some of you out there, and I know this because I've been that child whose parents are either an alcoholic and you can't talk to them, or and they're just drunk all the time, or they're a drug addict, or maybe they're not around. So you're like, well, what do I do in that case? Then you find... Um, someone to aspire to or you find someone that that has those kind of ethics or that kind of attention that you're yeah. you know hang on let me let me let me reward that because i i want to say this because i know that there's people out there um because i lived it I, you know I, I was on my own at 10 years old uh, i went through the foster care system i went to all the little homes. I did all that. Um, so I know there's kids out there like this. Um, you, you look, I will tell you some two people that helped save my life when I was a kid. That would be my, Maya Angelo and uh, Frankel. Oh, what's his name? I know Frankel's his last name. I'll think of it in a second. Um, but just Maya Angelou, the way she talked, she talked in a grandmother form. Yeah. Um, and she was just, uh, do what? I said rest in peace. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I would read her stuff or listen to her speak, um, I allowed it to speak to my soul. Um and so sometimes we're not fortunate, we're unfortunate, and we don't have those people around us to aspire to. Um, so we have to look for that somewhere else. And, um, and sometimes it's outside of, you know, 
an unreachable source like Maya Angelou. I mean, I never met her. She's gone now, right? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Frankel's gone, I believe. Um, and don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he was a survivor of the Holocaust. Um, Man's Search for Meaning, one of the best books you'll ever read. Um, but we have to, you have to look for it. You can't sit there and say, well, I don't have this, so I just don't get it. No, if you don't have it, then you go get it for yourself. You yeah. go get that knowledge. And especially now with the way things are, I mean, I didn't, you know, I had the library. You guys got it at your fingertips. You got to you uh, had to buy CDs, you know. And if you yeah. and if you want to listen to it online, it was illegal. Yeah. And then uh, now, it would, didn't even exist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we did we did uh you know, I I've gone through the 8 track, the real to real to the 8 track to the album to the CD, to the DVD, to the VHS, uh, to the head, uh, the walkie-talkies. Well, no, the radio, the boombox, the the walkie-talkies, and now y'all got earpods. So I've seen all the changes. I mean, and there's no reason not to find something to aspire to. If you're not finding something or someone to aspire to, it's just because you're lazy and you don't want to. Period. Because it's there. It's there. Um, and sometimes that's what you have to do because you don't have a parent. Or, you know, a family member. I mean, my family was just so toxic that none of them were teaching me anything of, to survive. Now, my grandmother taught me a few things, rest in peace as well. But it, she was very dysfunctional as well. So, you know... I, you just have to look for it in other places. Yeah. Um, so I want the kids out there to know that are um, that don't have that, that don't sit there. And the worst thing you could ever do is feel sorry for yourself. Don't ever feed into that energy. Yeah. Because you can do anything you want to do. And you have to, sometimes you have to say that in a very aggressive, anger way to yourself. I can do anything I want to do. I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish. And you pick out little bitty things at a time to do so. So, um, so I don't veer too much off topic. My point was that sometimes we are just unfortunate and don't have those things around us. But that doesn't mean um, that we can't find it somewhere else. And parents need to, if parents also need to, you know, when you become a parent, there's a couple things that you forfeit for a little while. Privacy is number one. <laughs> right? No. Unless you lock the bathroom door. Right. And the other is. Um, everything being about you, your life is, you know, there was a quote I saw once and. Um, the children really need to listen to this one. I have lived without you in my life. You have never lived without me in your life. Think about that one for a second. I've lived without you in my life, yeah. but you've never have lived without me in your life. We have to be able to be ourself and be able to be a parent at the same time. It's a lot of balance and you'll mess up and you'll goof up and you'll fuck up and you'll make wrong decisions and you'll be, you'll hurt people along the process because we're not perfect, but you have to communicate with your children. Yeah. It's all about communication and how that plays out and what kind of setup and what kind of parent. I mean, it's different. You know, it doesn't, it's so different from economic statuses to 
cultures to race, everything. So there is no flat answer to it except one, that it doesn't matter, and that's communication. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what race you are, what culture you come from, you know, what your political views, what your religious views are, or anything. Communication is the one thing that should be across the board with parents and children. Yeah. Man. Uh, sorry, I had to throw that in there. I went a little off topic. You know, when Did we get see? in when we get in moments like these, you know, we just we talk. And it, yeah. that's what we both do and you know, it's it's honestly really good because sometimes when we even plan talking about it, you know, we're just like Man, what should we say? But when we get in these moments, we just bam, 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 and we get it all, all out, and it just, it feels great. And it's, even with me, I like just listening to this. It felt really, really good. And yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Me and DJ. That's why I wanted to do this because I think that me and DJ, we don't have this perfect relationship either. You know, I get on his nerves. He gets on my nerves. Yeah. We we bicker at each other, uh, but it, it's very minimum. You know, all humans are going to have quirk. Every, you know, you can't be around a human and for a long period of time and them not have a quirk. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you just learn to, you know, have fun with those. Yeah. And accept those. And um, always listen. Listen to, you know, listen to understand instead of listening to, okay, I'm listening to you till I get my chance to jump in there and say what I got to say. Uh, or I put myself in there. Oh, yeah, well, here, you know, this happened to me. That's kind of like some of the, and people do that all the time. And it just... It's one of the worst things to do. If somebody is talking to you about something and you say, well, there's there's times for that if they're asking for advice. But if they're just trying to communicate with you and try to um, talk with you, then um, and you they're telling you something and then you totally... When somebody's telling you something and then all of a sudden, well, you know, I went through that too and blah, 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 blah. That is one of the most disrespectful things. If you're doing it right in the middle of the conversation. Yeah. Because you are taking, you, you're minimizing what they're going through. Like it doesn't mean shit, that it means more what you went through. And that's not the topic. You should be there for the person. And that is probably the hardest habit people have. As soon as somebody's talking about something, they, they're thinking of how they can compare to what you're talking about or if they've gone through that. So they're not l truly listening because they're thinking about what they have to say. And they don't need to be talking, thinking about what they need to say. They need to just have their mind clear and listen to you. And then if they ask or if it's appropriate, you can, you know, add that to that. But just to butt in conversations, I, I have, you know, it just drives me cra crazy. And, you know, I don't say anything. Um, and I, what it eventually does is it eventually draws people back. They quit talking. They quit getting deep with you. Because they know you don't. It's like, why well, talk to them? They don't fucking care. They're not really listening to me. Yeah. Them. And that's where you start getting that animosity, and then everything goes downhill from there. Yeah. Well, bam. <laughs> this whole thing was real, real good. Man. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the deep conversation and being able to, you know, kind of share how me and you interact with each other. Cause we, we have these conversations all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm very blessed to have you as my son and, and to have the relationship that we have, um, you know, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that. And I hope that, you know, this podcast will connect parents and children together. I hope that it will, 
inspire people to think about subjects that we talk about and um, engage, give, you know, give us feedback, but engage. And, you know, what do you think about this, you know, and, and, and tap into your, your thinking, not what society says it should be, yeah. but how do you feel in your heart? You know, yeah. we really need to get away from trying to conform as this perfect family over here or, you know, um, back when I was younger, oh my God, if you weren't like the Cosbys, you were, you know, you were shit. Or if you weren't like happy days, you know, no, you know, everybody's different and, you know, maybe not everything applies to you, but something always applies. So I hope that it entices that, that inquisitive side to you and helps you, um, feel good uh, enough and comfortable enough to communicate with us, reach out to us. Uh, we're going to be putting this on a YouTube channel as well as, you know, an email that, and we'll have ways that you can contact. If you want to contact us directly, um, you can do that. Um, but I'm really looking forward to these types of conversations and just being able to have this open dialogue. Yeah. And for, and for all of y'all, y'all are welcome to comment what y'all would answer with these questions too. I want y'all to make sure y'all know that not only will this be a way just to kind of talk or ask questions, but also to answer questions. You know, if you want to answer, if you feel like parents should snoop or go through people, uh, their child's uh, social medias, then you, you say you do or you don't. You know, it's it's a whole welcoming experience. Whatever you feel comfortable with, you do that. All right, and we're here to help you along the way. All right, <laughs> thank yes. y'all so so much for listening in. I hope y'all yes. enjoyed it as much as we did. And yeah, we're gonna see y'all soon. We'll see y'all next time. All right, y'all have a all really right. good one. Bye, y'all. Right. Bye. Be blessed. <laughs> Hasta luego.